Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Or so, I mean, we got the draft and 
free agency and stuff to look forward to. But, man, it's going to be a crazy time. But without further ado, man, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Um, let's go ahead and dive straight into it. For those of you guys who may have been under a rock uh, for the last 24 to 48 hours, the L.A. Rams did prove victorious, beating the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to in a Super Bowl uh, for the ages, if you will. This, honestly, for me, was a tale of two different halves, if you will. The Cincinnati Bengals coming into this game, Dylan, were the number one ranked team after the second half. They, they won all of their games uh, late, uh, coming back from, from deficits. And so when the Rams went up early on them, I kind of figured they would just kind of stay the course and, and find themselves back into it, and that's exactly what happened. Even um, had themselves a nice, comfortable lead uh, late into this ball game. But, again, as the Rams, you know, do uh, so many times, they fought their way back um, and managed to, to make the significant plays late um, to, get, to, get, to get the three-point win. Um, so I, I'm not sure where you want to take it from, Villain. Um, if you want to look at the Cincinnati side or the L.A. Rams side, actually, I take that back. Let's look at the Rams side first and say the victors. Um, yep. Break it down from the Rams' perspective, man. What went right uh, for them? What buttons did Sean McVay push um, to, to, to kind of steady the storm and get this team over the hump? Yeah, I mean, you know – you're right. I mean, it looked like the the Rams blitz was on earlier, right? Beckham had a nice catch uh, in the end zone. Um, Cooper Cup got in the end zone. It looked like the Rams were all off and in, in, in on their way. I think once Beckham went down with the injury, um, that was a listen. Um, me and T T P were watching the game at my house, and um, you know, it was it was tough to watch. I mean, as a Giant fan, that really didn't have much uh, love for Odell Beckham. Junior, um, you know, I respect him and I respect everything that he's done in this game. So to see him go down with that injury was tough to watch. And I think the air kind of came out of the Rams a little bit. Um, their offense was already down without Higby. That offense was already without Woods for, you know, majority of the, the season. So that offense really got, you know, really got shut down, right? Um, shout out to the you know, give, give the Bengals credit. That run defense was tremendous. They played really well against the run, and it made um, it made it hard for the the Rams to get going. But once they finally decided, hey, we got to figure out ways to get Cooper Cup the ball, no matter what, he's the guy that you know has got us here. We got to ride him. Um, you know, listen, they they got it going, and and Matt Stafford had a really bad second half with with uh with the interceptions and and but the last drive he showed what kind of, you know, guts he has, right? He he can make all the throws. He made a, a couple of nice throws. Um the 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 referees kinda got involved in the second half and in that last drive they had really kind of called a clean game, really didn't have a lot of penalties and then they decided to throw the flags and which was kind of disturbing. So um but at the end of the day the Rams did what they had to do but um, that Rams defense really turned it up a notch, serious, right? I think Aaron Donald is in that conversation uh, of, of great defensive players of all time. Um, he single-handedly, you know, he didn't do it by himself, obviously, but, I mean, the plays that he made 
in that fourth quarter in particular, uh, stopping uh, stopping that run play, uh, like basically pulling the running back and say you you will not get this first down, and then you know getting sacks and getting pressure on on uh, Burrow, you know really really told told the tale and, and really you know really sealed the game for, for them and uh, the Rams defense really kind of you know. They they bent but they didn't break. Um, they did, they really kind of frustrated um, Burrow with their coverages. Give Raheem Morris credit of finding ways to get uh, the guy that everybody knows can, can wreck the game and Donald involved and got him able to wreck the game. So um, you know the Rams came out victorious and and it was a good it was a good performance by them. I thought it, it could have been a runaway if, if the injuries didn't happen, but they weathered the storm. They came back and they won. Yeah, um, I, I got a caller in queue. I'm going to bring him in in a second. Um, but I actually, I actually agree um, a little bit with what you had to say. Um, for me, um, it, it came down to what, 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 what I talked about in, in the blog that, that we all kind of put together. It, it came down to mm-hmm. the battle of the trenches, you know, and, and those windy yep, yep. moments of, of, of the ball game that the Rams were able to protect and give Matthew Stafford time to, to survey the field and, 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 and find cup and um, scene routes and end breaking routes and, and things of that nature. And it also gave, or the excuse me, on the defensive front, Aaron Donald and company were able, especially middle of that third quarter through the whole fourth quarter, were able to ratchet up the pressure and, and, and make Joe Burrow very, very uncomfortable um, and honestly, for me, if, if, if I can look at, you know, what actually won them the ball game, it, it had to be the defense and offensive line. A lot of people are going to make a lot mm-hmm. of fuss about, you know, penalties and calls and home cooking and things of that nature. And I'm sure there's <laughs> a little bit of merit into that. Um, um, but at the end of the day, that, that offensive-defensive line went, went, went to work. Let me go ahead and get the caller in queue. Yeah, before you, you know, before you do that, before you do, I, I definitely, yeah, yeah. I want to definitely add add to that, Sears. You're absolutely right. Listen, you can have all the skill position players you, you want, the quarterback, all that stuff, but if you can't control the line of scrimmage, you are not winning anything in this league. You can, you can get by with the talent and get as far as you can, but the Bengals couldn't get much further because they couldn't control the, 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 the Rams' defensive front, right? I've seen it all year with the Giants. They can't block up front, and they can't. They couldn't, you know, have trouble stopping the run. So, to your point, you're absolutely right. When the Rams decide to really control that offensive line and really, it, it just it, the it's like last year's Super Bowl, right? The 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 Chiefs couldn't control the the the, the Buccaneers front, and this year it was the Bengals that couldn't control the Rams. You're absolutely right. That's actually. Actually, true. Without further ado, let me go ahead and bring in the chef that that's been waiting so patiently. You know, we we we, we all know him as, as Greenwood, but around here it's controversy. Now, what's going on, my guy? How are we doing this evening? Controversy is in the house, and I'm going to start with something that is mildly controversial, mostly because people are running with the narrative that the refs, quote unquote, costed the. Uh, the Bengals of the game, but really they didn't. The refs have been swallowing the uh, the the whistle all, or not necessarily the whistle, but the flag 
all night long. The only flag that I could remember up to um, up till the fourth quarter was a delay of game penalty against the Rams, which, I mean, you can't really <laughs> uh, just let them play in that instance. And let's not forget that the there was a very blatant offensive pass interference slash face mask penalty on T. Higgins' long touchdown, which is what put the Bengals into the lead in the first place. If that uh, if that play goes instead 10 yards backwards, this game isn't nearly as interesting as it once was. Um, as far as the game itself, I think the biggest thing um, – that led to the Rams' victory was when they made a a very conscious decision to line a defensive tackle head-on against the center because that forces them to single Aaron Donald because if they decide to pull the center and push it towards Donald, that leaves a very quick alleyway right up the middle, right into Joe Burrow's face. And once you got Aaron Donald one-on-one, that's when the sacks happened. I you I don't think they got more than one sack in the first two and a half quarters. But once they started making that move, that's that was the key to everything. Um, you know, it's, Odell it's, Beckham it's, go. It's, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, hold go on ahead. One second, hold on, one second, hold on, one second. Let me let, let, let me go back and forth with you for a minute because you know one of the biggest things that. We, we, we had the knock on Sean McVay was uh, the fact that he failed to make halftime adjustments and he really stuck to his script and didn't, and, and didn't make adjustments. That was a very key adjustment that you pointed out, Greenwood, um, that was, was different from the first half to the second half where they lined up uh, a, defensive, a defensive lineman directly on the center making – making them block down and giving Aaron Donald single coverage. Um, I I think that was big, but go go on, man. Oh, I mean, um, and what was another big adjustment? And once Odell went down in that, uh, um, at that point, because he was carrying the game for them because they were going hard on Cooper Cup. They, they did not let him, even sniffed the ball more than once or twice in the first half. And Cooper Cup just couldn't get himself started. And But Odell Beckham was carrying the water. Then when, when Odell went down, then things had to change. Then they started by trying to take a look around and seeing what other wide receiver was going to, to carry that. And to... Um, to your credit about him not adjusting, um, he really didn't – he just went to the guy that replaced Odell Beckham. And I can't remember the uh, the cat's name right now off the top of my head. Kiko I, 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 uh, Harmon, right? They, uh, they were targeting Kiko Harmon um, a lot after Odell went down. And I, and I, might, I might have the wrong dude. I, I just – that's the name that sticks out in my head. No, um, they, they, they targeted uh, Ben Skoneck, Skoneck or some score or something. I, forget, I can't pronounce his name. The Caucasian brother. Yes, 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 yes. I kept oh, yeah, getting yeah. mixed up with, like, somebody else, like either Higby or somebody. Like 
or Cooper Cup. I think I was like, yeah, I think that's Cup. And they're like, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, yeah, so they just kept on going to the, like, the non-Cooper Cup, non-Van Jefferson guy throughout the thing until Coop just had enough and just took it on his back, which, I mean, what a season for that young man. Cooper Cup yes, did ev- did did everything possible in in this season. Might be one of the best seasons for a wide receiver in recent memory. So, um, but that that was the biggest thing that I took away from watching the Super Bowl on Sunday was was those few key adjustments. Um, and, and this was something that was predictable as far as the, the refs are concerned. Um, I even put that into the, um, into the, uh, the discussion uh, when we were doing the Super Bowl preview was that this officiating crew was a crew that likes to swallow the whistle and not call a lot of penalties. And that came out when um when the game was being played which was nice i mean in many ways just not seeing all the flags come out on every single play was was nice from a from a viewing perspective but after a while it kind of got ridiculous in my opinion Yeah, I, I actually agree with you for you know for for a lot of that. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I was sitting here and I was like, okay, so I I, I can't believe we're going through a, a a whole game and not a lot of penalties are being called, um, and they're just pretty much just letting them play, even though there were significant uh, fouls and things of that nature, like the. The, the face mask and Aaron Donald lining up on all sides in the last play and, you know, push-offs and holdings and whatever the case may be. But ultimately, I, I will say this. I, I, if, if you're a Bengals fan and you're blaming the officials, you, you're missing it, okay? And yeah, I'm about absolutely. to switch gears here. I'm going to switch gears here and talk about the Bengals because I think, honestly, they choked it away. They, they, in my opinion, there were some significant calls that Zach Taylor made and some significant moves that Zach Taylor made um, that ended up losing the ball game. For starters, I don't understand why in critical moments Joe Mixon was on the sideline. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I understand that it was very difficult to run the ball and that in, in, in Tom's past that Samaje P. Ryan – um, was your, you know, catching back out of the backfield or whatever case may be. But you're trying to win a Super Bowl. You got an $8 million a year Pro Bowl running back sitting next to the Gatorade, and you're trying to come back and get yourself in position to tie or take the lead. Why? I, I, I don't understand that. And even before then, gentlemen, you know, there were significant times where Joe Mixon wasn't in the ball game, or the first fourth and uh, the, the fourth down conversion that 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 they went for. Again, I, I'm not understanding what the play calling was, but for me, 
the roster throughout the course of this ball game, I, I, I think the Bengals played not to lose, and they didn't go win the damn thing. And I, and, I, and I think in those type of moments, especially when you're essentially the road team, when you're up against all the odds that you're up against, your offensive line is as bad as it is, you have an opportunity to knock Goliath out. And you failed to do so just by playing scared and not playing to win the ball game. I understand the fourth down as you being aggressive, but the way, I, I, I don't agree with the play call. You know what I'm saying? There was a lane there for, for, for Joe Burrow to, to, to do what he's done all year long and use his athleticism in his legs to run and get the first down, and you, and, and you don't do that. Like, I, 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 again, I, 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 don't, I don't know what you guys feel about it. Greenwood, I'll come to you first uh, since you're the newest one in. Uh, but give me your perspective on Cincinnati, what took place, you know, in your mind and how you look at it, you know, two days removed to be like, yo, this is why the Bengals lost. So they didn't have an answer to the adjustments that they made at halftime. That was kind of the the biggest thing. Now, I, I really question what they could have done. Um, could have they throw like, the only thing I really think they could have done, and it would have been blatantly obvious, is, like, throw a backup tight end at the running back spot and have him block that center and still double um, still double Aaron Donald, which you don't you, – I've never seen any offense do that ever, but at this point, you know your offense – you know your offensive line is outmatched, and – I, I can't remember how many sacks happened in the second half, but it was significant. It must have been four, five, maybe even six, they had um, six sacks in they, the second half. They, they, they had six in the second half. Six in the second half. So they had yep. six sacks in the second half. Um, and it was all because they couldn't handle the um, – the overflow to to the right hand side, um, and they didn't make adjustments to because I, it doesn't matter which running back you put back there. Neither one of them are going to stop a Sean Robinson or um, Aaron Donald. They're not. I mean, they're they that that's less than they could bench a set of twenty. I mean, those guys aren't going to do anything. So. They had to find a way to make that work, and they didn't. Um, the other things um, is they could have had um, design plays for shorter throws. That would have been the only other way. Maybe some screens, get everything in the backfield, and get the quick toss out to, um, to whichever running back you had in the game. But once they figured out how to get Aaron Donald one-on-one, the game was over. And offensively, they couldn't get it back on the snide. And really, defensively, they played well. They played really well, way better than I expected them to play against, um, against a really strong offense. That defense did what they were supposed to do, but 
the offense couldn't uh, couldn't replicate their first half success. All right, Dylan, I, I'll come to you. Same question. Um, you know, from your perspective, you know, you and TP were sitting there watching it or whatever. Um, what went wrong for the Bengals? It looked like everything was going right for them. They come out of the second half, you know, catch a break, get a get a touchdown. The very next time, the very next drive, the first play, they they get the tip interception, uh, go down, mm-hmm. kick a field goal, and they're they're up. You know what 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 went wrong? Because that was the last time they scored. What went wrong? Yeah, I think I think there was a play right where um, they went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. Um, you know, if I, if I if I'm not mistaken, right? There was there was a play, right? I yeah, they did go for a fourth down and, and on the second half, yeah. Right. Yeah. So and and, and like, then they failed that conversion. Yeah. Exactly. So me and TP were sitting here, and I was like, they got to kick it. They got to kick it. And I think they tried to go for the knockout punch, and um, they swung and missed. And I think – the momentum didn't shift, but taking the points there would have been huge, obviously, at the end of the day, right? Um, I think I'm looking at it like the defense did everything they could to keep them in that game, to really keep that offense down, right, to keep that Rams offense I mean, down. Um, I think offensively for, the, for the, the Bucks, they couldn't control the line of scrimmage, like you said. They had trouble. I, I felt like they – they were reeling off some runs. They kind of got away from it a little bit. They were really trying to hit – they were trying to get 14 points on one play, it felt like. Um, you know, they kind of got away from the quick passing game. Um, Burrow was sitting back in the pocket and kind of letting the rush get to him instead of getting the ball out of his hands quickly. I, I'm looking at some plays where he had Higgins over the middle on a slant, on a follow behind an, uh, uh, a a, a post or an in route, wide open, right? Um, you know, had some outs open, didn't hit it. Or, you know, you, you know, Burrow had one play where there was a pick route on the outside, and instead of throwing it to the flat, he tried to force it in to the, to the inside guy and got incomplete on third down. So I felt like as good as Burrow had been the whole playoffs of taking what the defense gave him keeping the chains moving, especially on third down, the Rams defense, which was all playoffs, really good at getting off the field on third down, they kind of played into the Rams' hands, right? They got off the, got off the field on third downs. The Rams, the, the Bengals couldn't convert. It was, uh, you know, an unmovable force and, and, and unstoppable. You know, it was like the Rams are good on third down, the Rams defense is good on third down, and the Bengals offense is good on third down. One of it had to give. It was the Rams' defense that held up. Um, and they, they kept them in the game until the Rams' offense could figure it out, right? So I felt like the defense, like I said, did everything they could to stay in the game. It was the offense that really didn't – I don't want to say try to get cute, but just went away from what was working, went away from the, the simple things, the run game, the quick passes, getting the ball out of his hand because – the first half, you could tell that Donald and company were frustrated that it was out in two seconds. They couldn't get a pass rush going. And then once they sat back in the pocket, that's when, like, um, controversy said, the sacks started coming in bunches. And 
and they couldn't stop it. They were really trying to play. They were like playing from behind instead of playing from ahead. So uh, like they were ahead, and it was just it was over from there. Serious, it was over. You know, I actually agree with you. For 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 me, honestly, with the Bengals, and again, I alluded to this. Um, you know, in in, in the beginning, um, they just played. Uh, for me, it looks like they played scared. You know, when you have a, a, a team like 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 the Rams on the road, we understand what was going on. They 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 were struggling to to figure out what they're going to do offensively. They couldn't run the football at all. Like Sean McVay attempted to run the football, but at the end of the day, they only ran the football for a total of excuse me. They they ran the football for a total of forty three yards. Um, so it wasn't like they were, you know, toting the rock and everything like that. And when Odell went down, there were really no other weapons uh, that Matthew Stafford felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, mm-hmm. when, when you look at what was going on, um, again, I understand you got to, again, the, the kill shot aspect sort of, you know, I, I get it. But, you know, play, play smart. Like, you know, you, you're winning the ball game. Take your points there. You know what I'm saying? Like you alluded to, villain, take, take your points. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. have your best have, have, have your best players in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like put put your put your team in position to win. Like use your quarterback athleticism to to, to to pick up a yard. You know, I mean, your offensive line has been piss poor all year long. So don't catch amnesia now and still think that you know because I got an offensive line I'm, and we haven't blocked the cold, I'm gonna be able to block Aaron Donald and company. You know, you you got something to get to on that 15 play drive that the Rams had. Man, they, they they had like a fourth and two, fourth and one, and they had Cooper Cup on a jet sweep. You know what I'm saying? Like get get get, get creative there, Cincinnati. I mean, this game was yours for the taking, and unfortunately, you you fumbled the bag, which now opens up a whole litany of questions as far as. You know, is the Cincinnati team ever going to get back here? Uh, was this a fluke? This, that, the third. Calling number is 929-477-2759. Um, got the next couple of seconds, next couple of minutes here with Sports City Chefs. Uh, your boy Villains in the building, Greenwood's here. But before we move on, let's have a word from our sponsors, PHI Apparel. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Dot C-O. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Yeah, special thank you to our, to our sponsor, PHI Apparel. Um, I don't like the dude doing that voice. He's an ugly dude. I don't like him at all, but, you know, I, I got to put that voice. With that being said... Dylan. <laughs> 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 With that being said, gentlemen, we we we, we turn the page on, on this season, um, and I and I wanted to ask you both the question sitting here, um, if if one moment stuck out to you looking at this season, uh, what was it? It could be something positive, 
It could be something negative. It could be something that you want to see change. It could be something that you want to see brought back. Uh, Greenwood, I'll come to you first, man. If, if you look at how this season has unfolded and, you know, now that we're, you know, having in the rear view and we're looking ahead to free agency, what's uh, something that kind of stood out to you as you look ahead, as you look back on the season? The biggest thing I think about when I think about the 2021-2022 uh, season is the final season of Thomas Brady. And it's not just Thomas Brady, but it's it's the but Tom Brady's retirement is the culmination of something really different uh, and a vast change that's going to be happening very quickly in the league. Ben Roethlisberger's retiring. Tom Bray's retiring. Drew Brees retired last season. The old guard of the pure guaranteed Hall of Fame quarterbacks is is over, and now we are starting to look at this new generation and a new face of the league. Aaron Rodgers, one, maybe two years left, and even Matt Stafford, even Matt Stafford, I would, would not be surprised if he retires in two, three years. Um, even though he's still relatively young. Um, that means that there's a new face of the league. It's the end of what we would call the era that I grew up in as far as um, and at the NFL goes, the NFL quarterbacks go, the Manning-Brady era of football is over, and then we have to start looking at new things, new faces, and who's going to be those that next guy in the NFL. And I think this is the passing of the torch moment where we look at Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow as the um, – as the great rivalry in this next era of the NFL. And I'm really excited for it. Okay. All right. I, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. Dylan, I, I'll come to you next. Um, if you look back at 2021, 2022 season, um, mm-hmm. what stands out for you, man? I mean, what, what were some of your moments that kind of had you sitting there, you know, like, damn, gone. This, this, this is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I mean, um, what is it, uh, a, a third down QB sneak. Um, I will never get that out of my mind. Um, you know? <laughs> I mean, but seriously, I, you know, controversy brings up a great point, right? Um, I think not only the changing of the old guard, but the new guys coming in, uh, Josh Allen making his presence known with authority, Joe Burrow coming onto the scene saying, you know, I'm that dude. Uh, Joe Cool, great story. I mean, you may not want to put him in the, the conversation, but Lamar Jackson put some respect on his name. He's in that conversation. Justin Herbert, um, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, maybe Dak Prescott, he's a little older, but, you know, he's still a young guy as well. Like, the young guard of quarterbacks are here, and they're making their presence known, right? So um, it's, it's an exciting time uh, for young quarterbacks. Um, I, I think – Overall, though, I think the, I really think there was a lot of moments, but I think to be totally honest with you, 
it's really it's really that it's the playoffs. Like I don't know if I've ever had a playoff season that has been so exciting. Right? I think the first round was pretty good. After that, I think every game you can argue is memorable. Like, every game was close. Every game was a nail-biter. You couldn't get up to go, you know, get a snack or go to the bathroom. You had to sit and watch it. Every game since, I think, what was it, the divisional round? Not even, the, 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 yeah. Was it the, the divisional round? Yeah. was great. Every game was great. And, and I think it just really, I felt like it was a slow build up more and more. Like, you know, can you top this? Hold my beer. You know, like, you know, or moments later, like the next, the next game or the next, you know, round. It just was a great playoff season, and it just shows why the NFL is just a really great product. And even though we have problems with some things on the surface with African-American coaches or minority coaches in general or minority ownership, um, like the league is dying to get a black owner in Denver, the league is as healthy as it's ever been, and it's in good hands. It's moving forward in the right direction. It may not be moving in the right direction for everybody, but as a fan, it's a great product for us. And and just to build yeah. on that, just, I didn't mean to cut you off, serious, but just to build up on that, like when the NFL announced that it was going to put a seventh team in the playoffs, a lot of yeah. people, and I, I think I would include myself in that, were thinking, oh, this is going to water down the playoffs. The games are going to be less competitive yeah. until the divisional round. But that was not the case at all. That that all every, Both of those seventh teams really proved themselves to be like a, a reasonable playoff contender and not just some guy they're throwing in to throw an extra game on the TV schedule. So that was something that I, I I just noticed from this playoff run. Yeah, I agree you know with what? you. And I'm sorry, not... serious. I, I agree. I'm, so, I'm sorry, brother. I agree with you, James. Um, I think Sirius might have said it too, but, like, we, you know, we thought that it would water it down, like, kind of like baseball, but it didn't. I think the last couple weeks were important. I think having the extra game in the <laughs> regular season – and then the extra team in the playoffs just made it more compelling down the down the stretch, right? Serious, like every game was important, and you know, I, it just built up from there. It just, I, I they, the NFL can almost do no wrong. They do in a lot of areas like the Pro Bowl and with hiring, um, you know, diversity and inclusion. But I mean, when they get it right, they get it right. Yeah, I actually I agree with you both. To be honest with you, I think that. Um, one of the biggest things that I, I loved about um, this season was the, 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 the addition of the seventh team. It just so happened to be, you know, beneficial for me because my squad was the, hmm. was the seventh team to, to, to backdoor their way into the playoffs. But ultimately, I think that the way they did it is really, really cool. Um, we saw some amazing games from the divisional round on. Um I honestly can take so much more of this Buffalo Bill Kinsey Chiefs rivalry, uh, which is going to Ooh. be the new, you know, the the, the new the new thing. 
Um, I got so many questions that are going into next year. Um, you know, who's going to be quarterback in the Steelers? Who's going to be quarterback in Tampa Bay? Uh, what's going to what's going to come of the recent investigation with the Washington Commanders? Uh, what's going on with the Brian Flores? You know, a lawsuit and things of that nature. You know, they're going to find sufficient evidence to have the owner uh, get rid of the team. Um, I, there's, there's so many question marks that I have, and if, and, and if I'm taking a, a step back and kind of looking at the season in its entirety, um, there was a lot of good, there was a lot of bad, there was a lot of ugly. Um, you know, I, I mean, if I'm a piecemealer, the, the good, honestly, the Cincinnati Bengals, man, they're in my division, but to, to see that team mm. rise from the ashes like they, like, like they did and you know, catch the bricks that they got and piece it all together and overcome odds and, you know, work themselves into a Super Bowl after missing the playoffs for 30-plus, not having a playoff game for 30-plus years and all, all the all the negative histories that is associated with them, uh, for them to find themselves in the, in, in, in the, in the win a playoff game in the Super Bowl, it's spectacular. Um, the turmoil and the craziness and the soap opera, that's going on, that went on with the Giants. I honestly, again, I, we say it was villain for week one, and I ate that stuff up because it was just so, it was so mind-boggling to sit there and watch. Like, I, I live in the nation's capital, okay? I, I, I live literally five minutes from where the Washington football team practices. They, they don't even have a dang on name. And I found what was going on in New York, with Joe Judge and them Giants, funnier and more entertaining to just sit back and just watch the reaction wasn't I loved watching that just because it just didn't make sense. Um, I loved watching uh, what the L.A. Rams were able to do. You know, this is literally a mm-hmm. team that pushed all their chips in the middle. And we're like, you know what, it's this season. We're going to try to go win it this season. And then for them to overcome adversity, climb the mountaintop the way they did, and, and capture the title, you know, this is stuff that storybooks are made over, you know what I'm saying? And in and, and, and five to ten years, we're going to be sitting here watching a 30 for 30 on a 2021-2022 L.A. Rams because it was just the mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Everything mm-hmm. had to fall with the way it did for them making the trade to go get Von Miller, for, for them going to go get Odell, for, for, for them to pull off the trade to go get Matthew Stafford, you know, last January, you know, shipping Jared Goff. I mean, everything had to fall the way it did for them to to, to win the chip. And so it was spectacular for me to watch, man. Um, I'm not sure if you guys want to lament on that anymore, but, you know, the 2021 season was, was, was one for the books, man. And uh, I'm sad to see it end, but I'm so thankful and hopeful um, looking ahead to what 2022 can potentially bring us, um, I'm sure we're going to see some new faces, um, some old faces, some new places. Um, Carson Wentz may be moving. Um, we can uh, talk about that for a minute. Who wants them? Well, you know what? That, that that's a question that I, I, I posed to, to to a group of friends of mine, and they said one team, Pittsburgh. And let me keep it a buck with you guys. Oh. I don't want them. I don't want. Uh, I don't want. I, I should I, throw another team out there. 
I could throw another team out there. Talk There's me. actually two teams. Talk I could I, two additional teams I could throw out there. Um, and it obviously depends on what their other options are. But the Cleveland Browns is another team that yeah. I think could severely benefit from Carson Wentz because I'm. I mean, I don't think this is a big secret, but um, but Baker Mayfield's not the answer in Cleveland, and I think everybody knows that. No, I, he's I, the I, best. I, 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 yeah, he's he's like he's he's, he's not like he he's he, he's in the bottom third of the league as far as starting he's in the bottom third of the league as far as starting quarterbacks are concerned, and I, I know you guys I, I know we all make jokes well I I don't joke um I would rather have right now Tay Bridgewater than Baker Mayfield. And wow. I know I'm the I, I know I, would, I know I'm the leader of the Tay right Bridgewater now. fan club, but like I've yeah. never been like ever I never said he was like a top ten quarterback or anything, but at the end of the day, Baker's not good. He's very much not good, and now the Browns are in that weird decision mode right now, where they've got a guy who's barely a starter, but nothing else on the roster and now they have to make a decision while they sit there on top of a pile of amazing talent on their football team. Amazing might be a little bit of a stretch, but a lot of good talent on their football team and a quarterback that can't get them to the playoffs. What do they do next? Do if, if they can't get Aaron Rodgers, which I don't think Rodgers would pull the trigger on it, and if they can't if they can't bring themselves to pull the trigger on Deshaun Watson and pray for a discount, I don't know what they do. Because they can't they can't go into another season expecting to win with Baker Mayfield. He's proven two seasons in a row now that when given the talent he cannot succeed. Not in that division, not in that conference. So but why are you keeping him around? He 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 proved that he could single-handedly end Odell Beckham's career if you gave him the chance. <laughs> I mean, like that—that that is, ex- that is exactly what he proved. He, yeah, like he—he he was done before he left there. So, I mean, we we could go into off-season stuff, and I know we're going to do shows on that coming up pretty soon. Um, I mean, but Carson Wentz. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know why you would take him, but. I mean, looking looking ahead, I mean, if the Colts are going to compete with these teams, like the, the Chiefs, to me, are favorites to get to the Super Bowl. The Bills are right behind them. I got to put respect on the Bengals' name, but then you got um, you got the Chargers that are coming. I think the Raiders are going to get better with Josh McDaniel as that coach. I think they have the pieces in place, and if they get a couple more, if they get receivers, and they get maybe some coverage guys, like this is a good Raider team. Um, the Browns could find themselves on the outside looking in very quickly. The Ravens should get better because um, Lamar Jackson will be healthy, right? Um, the Titans aren't going anywhere. I think they need a quarterback, but the Titans are still a very good team with the coach of the year. The Browns could be in a world of hurt, if, and, and the Colts. The Colts could be in a world of hurt if they don't figure out their quarterback situation. 
So I want I want to throw a, a question out to Sirius real quick. Being the resident Steeler fan, how yeah. would you feel if the Steelers organization took a swing at Deshaun Jack Deshaun, Deshaun Watson? Um, <laughs> and and if the, the 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 cost would be a minimum of two first round picks. I, I think that the I, I think they they the Texans posture with three, but but the the. I, and, but they're, they're, they're not getting three. They're not getting three. They, they, they might be lucky to get one. Yeah, real talk. Send the two first-round draft picks. If you need a firstborn kid, I will go um, take care of that with the white feet immediately. I want Deshaun Watson <laughs> in the worst way. And the worst so, way. So, yeah, I mean, so, I, the, so the, legal, the legal stuff doesn't bother you, right, there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying no. that's a bad thing, but I'm like, you would – you would put up with it to get that talent, right? Uh, yeah, because the, th- the thing is, everything that I'm saying about the legal stuff, um, and again, we'll probably get to this, you know, as, as this, you know, the, the, this, this, you know, next couple of weeks shows or whatever, but the legal stuff that I'm reading about Deshaun Watson, uh, I do believe will be finished and rectified, um, whether he settles or whether he, whatever the case may be. Um, I need Deshaun Watson in the worst way. In the worst way. I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want Carson Wentz. I don't want. I don't want to go get a rookie. If you look at the quarterbacks in my division, and if you look at the quarterbacks in my conference, I need Deshaun Watson in black and gold right now. So to answer your question, so, I mean, was, like, yeah, I, I'll pull the trigger on it. <laughs> so, so basically, we're talking like. Bernie Mac in the Players Club when she comes in, like, oh, when can I start? Oh, immediately. Like, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I, you know, the Giants came out right serious and said, um, you know, at least the owner, John Mara, uh, said he wouldn't take that chance on, on Deshaun Watson because of the legal um, stuff and their cap. Uh, they, they need to get forty million under the cap just to be operational. So they, they're not in the Deshaun Watson market. But yeah, I think you know if the, the, the I think you put him with a great coach like Mike Tomlin, um, you know, it's a wrap. You know, what I mean, I think that's a that's a good upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call the number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. You got the next ten minutes or so with your boys here at Sports City. Um, villain, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna kind of let the cat out of the bag here. You know, we're about to pop the top on the the, the off season. Um, if you can name two things that you want to see happen with the New York Football Giants. Uh, this off season, what mm-hmm. would they be? You already got yourself you got yourself a new coach. You got yourself a new GM. Uh, those were major two things in, in your in your season wrap up that that you wanted to have happen, mm-hmm. so you can check those off. What's your next two things you want to have happen? Um, I think we got to you know find some. We got to find cap space. So um, you know, um, Shane, Shane's, his his job is is infinitely harder because he has to shed about $40 million that he said he needs to shed. So that's going to take some tough – that's going to be some tough uh, cuts that are coming, guys that we might, uh, you know, been able to – we would want to keep, 
that we got to cut because of that. So Shane's got to do that, right? And then um, it's all about draft. And we have – if we don't come away out of the first round with two top, what, seven picks or eight picks, what have you, um, without an offensive lineman and a defensive edge rusher, then it was all for naught, right? I think um, we have to be able to, like you said, the Rams won that Super Bowl because they control the line of scrimmage. The Giants can't win games because they can't control the line of scrimmage. you got to be able to get a, a decent evaluation of Daniel Jones, so you have to get a lineman. I think there's free agents that they can afford, but I think building in the draft is where we start. Um, you know, I'm looking at our division. Um, the Cowboys, they ain't going back. I think they've just wasted a year. Um, their offensive line is old. They're, they got questions at receiver with now with Cooper and, and guys that they got to pay. They got to pay Gregory. They got to pay, pay Lawrence. They got guys they have to pay. And they're not, they don't have the flexibility to do it because they overpaid for, for like Ezekiel Elliott. They overpaid Cooper. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at the Cowboys. They'll still be a good team, but they're not going to be as good as they were this year. I'm looking at the Eagles. They're getting better, so we have to keep up with them. The Commanders take command. Um, you know, they're a quarterback away as well. So the Giants, if they're going to make their move, they got to start building that line now. So that's what I'm looking for. You know what? Actually, um, it's going to be interesting to see what the New York Giants do. Uh you know, I, I, I think, you know, obviously with, with, with the needs at offense and defensive line, um, the Giants have also been linked to a potential quarterback. And, you know, in order to to, 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 to get said quarterback, you're going to have to give up one of not both of those first-round draft picks. Uh, so, you know, Mr. Sierra can come out there and do his thing sizzle and, and, and big blue. Um so you do not want Russell Wilson in New York. I, I would have to imagine that Russell Wilson would, would cost way more than two first-round draft picks, even even two first-round mm-hmm. draft picks in the top ten. I, w- I don't I, think it would be I enough. I, I don't I think don't that's – I, I mean per- – and 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 this this, ha- this also has to do with like in, in my opinion this is like I think that the the trade market for draft picks is going to go way down after what the Rams did um, winning the Super Bowl after selling 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 draft picks for years mm-hmm. to build up the talent and and trading for trading for guys. Not guys on their last year of the contract, but like in their first couple of years into their new contract, is going to be the new hotness. That's going to be a lot more expensive nowadays because of the cap repercussions that are going to come from the team that are that are selling, and that's how the Rams could purchase a Jalen Ramsey and keep Aaron Donald, and find a way to get Matthew Stafford on the roster as well. It's because these guys were pretty early in their contracts, and the guaranteed money was paid for by their former teams. 
the Lions sold Stafford at a premium because they're eating all of that guaranteed money. So for a rebuilding team, yeah, it still makes sense to sell the assets, but it's going to be more expensive assets moving forward if they're good assets. If they're well, so- assets that you just want to shed the cap with, then then that's different. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a copycat league, right? So if, 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 if you're looking at mm. what the Rams, they're like, I mean, GMs and owners, you know, they, they talk, they share, they, they you know what I'm saying, this, you know, which we talk about the good old boys network and things of that nature. So they, they all talk and figure it out. So if the L.A. Rams are able to, to quote, unquote, manipulate the books and the system to, to, to get what they needed done, don't you think that's, you know, now the new blueprint? Um, for teams, I, I mentioned this on Sunday, you know, when we were doing the thing on, 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 on the brunch with T.P. Thomas or whatever. You know, I hate that the Rams essentially are, 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 are in, were in the Super Bowl because essentially what you alluded to, Greenwood, is what took place. And now teams are going to look to emulate that, making it very difficult to gain draft capital or whatever the case may be. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And and this is going to be the year where a lot of teams are going to try to sell for future draft capital because this is a strong draft in some positions. There are, like, defensive end, it's a very strong draft. Corner, it's a pretty good draft. Wide receiver, it's an okay draft, but um, this is nice, strong quarterback draft. This is a an all right offensive line draft. Like a lot of the draft positions are middle of the road when we're talking about the la- larger like scale. So a lot of these guys who get these first, these early first round picks, are going to want to sell for future draft capital and for deeper draft classes. That, that that's that's how that's how I would approach this draft is I might just want to tank one more year if I'm like the Detroit Lions, for example. I can get a really good defensive end at number three or number two. Um but I could parlay that into two or three better players. Um, over the course of the next two or three years, if you just continue to slide in the draft while these other desperate teams are trying to move up and improve right now. All right, right. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, I definitely, definitely, it's going to be to see how it all pans out. We got the draft coming up. We got free agency coming up. But that being said, Greenwood, thanks for stopping by, man. Give us a plug and a close out as we get out of here, my man. Man, I, this, this was a lot of fun. I, I love the conversation with you two every single time. Um, I, I really wish we had another hour. Holy shit. But um, can't wait for the next time. Um, combine's right around the corner. Can't wait to discuss yeah. that with you all. Um, Till then, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Thanks for coming on, my guy. Villain, you know what to do, man. Give us a plug and a close out and you shut it down here, my guy. Absolutely, man. Sports City Shots, get to the website, the blog, the interview. We got a lot of things to cook in. We're getting ready to do our live show. 
Um, you know, more information on that coming. Um, we're, we're, we're plotting and scheming. We got all that coming. Like I said, uh, thank you for everybody for entering the Super Bowl squares. It was a lot of fun. We'll have the March Madness coming up soon. Um, we'll probably get that going in partnership with Sports uh, Sports Chefs and, and uh, the Barbershop uh, coming soon so we can have uh, people get into there. Um, and listen, thank you to PHI Apparel for sponsoring our show and our, our website. Uh, great partners for us. Uh, use code CHEFS to get your merchandise from uh, PHIapparel.co, PHIapparel.co. Um, Shout out to uh, Shy's Creations, my wife. She does our merchandise. Get to the site, get our merchandise, um, shirts and hats and masks and all that good stuff. Make sure you get there. Uh, you can go to her website, uh, shyscreations.com. Use the promo code CHEF15. Get 15% off merchandise there as well. You got, listen, chefs are doing big things, and we got a lot of fun stuff going on here. Um, serious, I love doing the show with you. I can't wait to discuss the next iteration of the NFL free-for-all. Um, like like Jay said, we got the draft, we got the combine, we got free agency, we got a lot to talk about. Who's going where? Big, where's Aaron going? Where's is Kyler Murray getting his money? Is he getting the Quan? Uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We can fill up an hour yeah, yeah. with NFL, man. Love doing the show with you, brother. Thanks so much, man. It's a privilege and a pleasure, man. Like my man's always said, man. Thanks for checking us out. Check out the blogs, the interviews, and everything coming up. Uh, shout out to the facts, the, the guys over there on the barbershop on Clubhouse, man. Uh, I always say it's like the content that you hear here in the kitchen on a regular basis. Get over there and check us out, man. A lot of us that contribute to the Sports City Chefs also contribute over there. It's like a, it's like a, little, a, a little brother, man. I'm so proud of, you know, the collaboration with those guys. Also, PHI Apparel, uh, thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Um, Anybody who's contributed, whether you are on, on, on air with us at some point or behind the scenes, whether you're making intro music or Miss Jordan for hooking up the apparel or, you know, whatever you do to make this to make this go, man, I definitely appreciate you. With that being said, you know how we shut it down, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the chefs again. If they don't know, now we know. Yeah. Sports City, Sports City, Chef. Chef, Uh-huh.